Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In today's episode, we have a reading from Matthew's Gospel that includes a portion of one of Jesus' most famous teachings, often called the Sermon on the Mount. Let's take a listen to that reading and then give it some thought. Matthew writes, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you the gospel of Christ. Heavenly Father, may only your truth be spoken and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, everybody. In today's reading from Matthew's gospel, we find the beginning of what is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. This opening section of the Sermon on the Mount is often referred to as the Beatitudes, which comes from the Latin word for blessed, the word so often repeated in this passage. It is Jesus' first public act recorded in Matthew's Gospel. Luke's Gospel records Jesus' first public act as a sermon in his hometown of Nazareth. In Mark's Gospel, Jesus' first act is an exorcism. John's Gospel begins telling Jesus' story by talking about Jesus turning water into wine at a wedding in the town of Cana. Each Gospel writer began telling their story about Jesus from a different perspective, much like four modern authors might start an autobiography of a public figure from a different starting point. If we pay attention to the Sermon on the Mount as Matthew's introduction to the story of Jesus, it helps us understand how Matthew understood Jesus. By opening with this story, Matthew is placing emphasis on Jesus' teaching. Although Matthew sees Jesus as more than simply a good teacher, he wants to start off by emphasizing the extraordinary nature of Jesus' teaching. Today I would invite you to close your eyes for just a moment. Imagine that you're living under the dictatorship of a foreign leader whose soldiers are all over your country. Now imagine you're out for a walk one day and you see a knot of people gathered around some teacher. Can you see the image in your mind? The person speaking tells the crowd, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. 
Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you on my account. Jesus lived and taught in a country occupied by a foreign government. Imagine how strange it would seem for him to teach his followers that the meek and the merciful are blessed. At the very least, these teachings would have sounded absurd and out of touch with reality. When they heard him say that those who are persecuted are actually blessed, well, I'm sure that there were some who equated this teaching with Roman collaboration. On the surface, the Beatitudes seem to be pretty counterintuitive stuff. Jesus is saying that the poor, the meek, and the persecuted are to be considered blessed or fortunate. That definitely did not gel with the common worldview that his followers held, nor does it even really reflect our own modern worldview today. So what's he really talking about? That portion of the text that we read today is only really the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount. We read the first 12 verses, which amounts to about 10% of what he said that day. When we take the time to read and study the rest of what he said, we see that Jesus is talking about life as it can be, not life as it actually was when he spoke those words. Jesus spent a fair bit of his time teaching about this idea of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. If we look closely at these teachings, we see Jesus promoting a very different way of life from what we normally experience. This teaching could almost be paraphrased by saying, the poor, the meek, and the persecuted are trod upon now, but it will not always be so. In the kingdom that God has planned, things will be different. Midway through this sermon, Jesus gives his followers some instruction on prayer. Christian tradition has named that prayer the Lord's Prayer. As a part of that prayer, Jesus taught his disciples to ask that God's kingdom would come on earth just like it is in heaven. He taught his followers to be agents of change so that they, and we, might bring about this kingdom of God. With this challenge, Jesus threw down the gauntlet 2,000 years ago, and it remains a challenge for his followers today. One of the interesting things about this text is that Matthew uses it to introduce the man that he thought was the Messiah. By using this story to introduce Jesus, Matthew is setting the tone for the rest of what he has to say about Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount in general, and the Beatitudes in particular, show Jesus taking the established way of looking at the world and turning it on its head. On the surface, Jesus' listeners would have heard him teaching things that just didn't make sense. Let's face it, in our experience of the world, the poor, the meek, and the persecuted rarely seem blessed. When was the last time that you saw someone elected to political office because of their meekness? Or when was the last time that you read about a Fortune 500 company being chaired by someone who lived out of their car? Jesus is telling his listeners that God's kingdom runs on an economy that is far different than the one that we experience. Then, Jesus takes that even further and expects his followers to be part of that change. So what does this say for you and I today? 
In some respects, I think the answer is fairly obvious. As a community of faith, we need to be aware of those people that our society marginalizes or sidelines. We need to tip the scales in favor of the poor, the weak, and those who would otherwise have no voice. On the surface, this is definitely a social justice gospel. This text does call us to care for the poor and the weak, but that's not all that it does. It also calls us as a community of faith to continually re-examine how our practices meet the spiritual and physical needs of those in our community. Do our practices adapt to meet the changing physical and spiritual needs of those in our community? Texts like the Beatitudes stand as a direct challenge to the way we've always done things. For many of us, this is where the text cuts closer to home because it challenges us to go beyond our own comfort zone, to meet the physical and spiritual needs of those beyond our walls. Let's pray. Dear God, you call us to seek the needs of the poor, the meek, and the persecuted, as well as those who are poor of spirit. May you give us the courage and the grace to be ambassadors of your kingdom. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.